0: you're listening to blast podcasting episode 23
1: Castlevania season 3 review hey guys Anthony here
0: and this is Xander
1: oh boy oh boy <laughs> you know you know oh boy this might be the most evil episode of our podcast ever
0: yeah this <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say evil but it's probably the most like critiqued episode that we have because okay of course we're doing a review of castlevania uh season three on netflix which by the way you guys could go back and listen to our uh, i believe it's episode two where we talked about the castlevania netflix show and i think we talked about some no, of the games
1: it was our very first episode
0: oh yeah it was crack that whip yeah and, crack that whip! and we praised the netflix show like season one and two were awesome yeah, they work. So, so if anyone who's listening now, because there are some, for some reason, there are some really diehard like Netflix, uh, fans of the show. They're just like, oh, you guys just hate, you know, something new with Castlevania. Listen, I've been playing Castlevania for a very long time. I I know a lot about the lore, and season three is not it.
1: <laughs> and, and, and you know what i i'll say this i know a lot about the lord to a degree but you've played like the 3d games and yeah. the ones and such um can i say this i know you know what i don't understand about this season is why are people like i g well ign is fucking dumb anyway but why are people giving this saying it's a masterpiece of a season now i guess the good news is i guess we're getting a season four so who knows there have been you know i'll give you an example there have been shows where like dexter i'll tell you this let me tell you about dexter real quick first four seasons of that show brilliant right yeah season five was like what okay that was mediocre season six was like what the fuck then season seven was like yeah they're awesome they're back to the to the insanity of 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 the earlier seasons, then season eight, which has the worst series finale I ever seen, is mm-hmm. like what the fuck? Yeah, so- I mean, yeah,
0: I mean that's that's what happens with shows, and that's why, like, um, I think like season three, for what it is, I believe this is like a character development building filler episode, and with with season two having the demise of Dracula. You could definitely tell that the writers kind of didn't know what to do after Dracula was gone. They're like, okay, well, Dracula's not here, so what do we do now?
1: Oh, look, I'll, I'll, I'll say one thing. I <coughs> get that they wanted to do something different because you can get away with Dracula showing up in practically every game in the video game, right? Yeah. You can. A TV series is a whole different beast. Mm-hmm. So I kind of see why they moved away from Dracula. I get mm-hmm. it. Because you can't really do that. It would be redundant for a TV show. Oh, he comes back, he comes back, he comes back, he comes back. I get that. For the game, is it work? Could we agree on that?
0: Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, if he did it in all the shows, it would have almost like that 80s, like, Saturday morning cartoons where he's like, I'm coming back to get you guys. I mean this. You know, and he comes back after every time and it kind of loses the the uh, emotion that they've built with the character with Dracula. So yeah. I get it?
1: Yeah. And the way they set him up in the first two... I mean, the first two seasons are essentially an adaptation of Castlevania Three in a sense. Yeah. And that's why that I think those worked. I think that ultimately, they should have moved ahead in the timeline. They didn't have to do Dracula, because there's a lot to do. They can even borrow from Lords of Shadow. Yeah. Well, I mean...
0: The thing about Lords of Shadow is Lords of Shadow is like a completely different timeline. Yeah. And, and you know, Gabriel Belmont being Dracula. Yeah. I feel like that would have just like confused people even more because this is the thing. I think season three, for some of the people that really love season three, because I actually talked to a coworker of mine. And he, he liked it. It was funny because I, I saw him and I'm like... I'm like, so, what do you think about Castlevania season three? And his like eyes kind of lit up, and I'm like, and he saw my face. Like, what? You didn't like it? I'm like, dude, it was horrible. And I think it's because from from the Netflix fan that just you know casually plays some Castlevania games or are familiar with it and watches the show, it's amazing because they don't know anything. They don't know any better other than you know you play as a Belmont who fights Dracula. The end. But for someone like me, that was really like, okay, well, this is going to be opening up the doorway to, like, the Curse of Darkness game, you know? And because we saw Hector, we saw Isaac, and, you know, Hector and Isaac, their their characters in Netflix are very different than the show. Yeah. Uh Most notably Isaac. I mean, Isaac's, like, a totally different race. Like, he's not even the same guy. But but what they did in Season 3, there were so many plot holes, and there were so many, like, I was like, why are they doing this? Okay, first of all, okay. Carmilla and and the four like the other three vampire sisters. Why is there a vampire war? Like why why are they even doing this? I mean they they're saying they're doing this for control and to have, you know, infinite amount of food and blah blah blah. You look at them, they're living like aristocrats. They're living in their they're living in a castle. They're it's not like they're they're low and poor. Yeah, I mean, You know, they're, they're living the life, you know, and they, ha- they can get any soldiers and they can just eat, you know, whole cities that they want. I mean, Dracula made sense. Dracula wanted to just destroy mankind because he was grieving over the loss of his wife. It's like, okay, that makes sense. Carmilla, on the other hand, was like, well, why is she doing this? And then, right. and then like, you had Isaac, who, I, honestly, I would say Isaac was my favorite character on the whole show because he was consistent you know, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, this is what he's pretty much continuing what Dracula did because that was his only source of like having a mentor and his only source of family. And it made such an impression on him. Okay, he's Dracula 2.0. Um, and then pretty much that whole village with. Uh, Trevor and Cipher going to that village, and uh, you know, with the freaking crazy monks with the night creature. I was trying to open up the the gates of hell to Brain back Dracula. That mm-hmm. whole that whole scene was there just to get them out of their comfort zone because at the beginning of the show they are like super happy and they're like, "Let's go kill some night creatures."
1: I know it was so weird.
0: Yeah, it was just like there was nothing that really got accomplished this season.
1: Well, you you look at oh, how can I say this? Well, let me go back to one thing I said. I, I get what you said about Lords of Darkness. I mean, borrow elements. Kind of like how they yeah. get the elements of SOTN. I know you can't do the Gabriel Belmont thing, but you could do the Satan thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would, yeah. That would work.
1: Or, you know, you could borrow some of those. Uh, I mean, one thing that the Castlevania games have done is they've had minor villains before you face Dracula. Like, it's funny, on Facebook, you probably saw it in the Mega Six One group, where oh, can I make a quick announcement about that? Yeah, quick? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Xander and I were talking, and uh, for community questions, instead of the Magus X One Discord, we're gonna do community. We're gonna do you. You can ask us anything. We'll always post the topic of the show. We'll let you know close to when we're gonna record. We're gonna ask your, have you ask your questions on the Magus X One group, so we can do that in the description. We can post that in the description. Yeah.
0: The Facebook group, yeah.
1: Yeah, Facebook group. So, there's that. But anyway, what I was going to say was Portrait of Ruin. I I beat that last year, but who was that other – that motherfucker. He was the vampire boss with the paintings and such. It
0: was like like Burris or Burris or – it was something with a B. I know who you're talking about. He looked like Nosferatu pretty much.
1: Yeah, him or even the castle itself. They could have expanded – I'm not saying those guys because that's not – that; those are further down in the timeline. But yeah. I'm saying you could have taken those minor characters and expanded them as major prote- antagonists.
0: Yeah, and I mean I mean, if they did it right, they could have done it with Carmilla and the sisters. If they just had more of a purpose other than just like, hey, we're going to start an empire. Why are you going to start an empire? I mean you're already doing pretty well. Like I, I don't that, – that was something I wasn't understanding.
1: Yeah, but- it, it- – it seems like... Look, I, I one of the re- head writers is Warren Ellis. Yeah. I think he's usually a fantastic writer. But holy shit, this is not his... Because, I mean, for anyone that wants to read good Warren Ellis, watch the first two seasons of this, or read fucking Planetary. That's his, in my opinion, his magnum opus. Yeah. But, but holy shit, he fumbled on this.
0: And, and, and t- speaking of writing, like, let's talk about the dialogue. I mean, I thought... Okay, the the first two seasons they had some of the kind of like their off color dialogue stuff where it was just kind of like they threw little cuss words here and there, like whoo being naughty. But the writing in this in this season was like almost like a kid that got an essay from their teacher and the teacher was like, hey, just let you know, you kids can cuss in this essay. And like they were just like cussing for no reason. I was like, wait, what?
1: You know what? I've noticed that's a problem with a lot of shows. On, and I'm not just talking about cussing, but a lot of shows that are streaming or HBO, they just go excessive on Mm -hmm. like the nudity and such. And there are things that can do it right. Like I'll give you an example. I'm watching Picard, and I think that's a fantastic show. Yeah. And they say fuck – you know, what caught me off guard is I'm a big Next Generation fan, DS9 fan. What caught me off guard at first is they said fuck in it. And I'm like, what? You know, (laughs) I'm not used to them saying fuck you in in, in the main Star Trek timeline. But they don't say it all the time. Like there was one episode where they said it maybe twice, three times, and then like two episodes passed and they didn't say it. And it's not Captain Picard cussing. It's the new characters that are cussing. yeah. It's nothing like Riker's cussing or Seven of Nine is cussing or any of that. It's the newer characters that are more – a little bit more grittier.
0: Yeah. So I, that's
1: – go ahead. Now,
0: as I was saying, have, I have nothing against, like, characters cussing. You know, it's yeah, like – no problem. It's just like when it comes out, like, where it was just like the first sentence of, like, Alucard was inside of the castle. And he's, like, looking at the little dolls, like, he made for Trevor and Cypher. It's kind of like a – you know, because he's been alone for like a month, so he's kind of going mad. The first thing he starts talking about, he starts doing a Trevor impression, and starts like cussing up a storm. And I was just like, okay, all right. But then it was just like, you know, every other scene, someone was saying, you know, the F bomb or, or something like that. And I was just like, man, this is getting, it was just kind of immature, almost. You know? It's like
1: a Rob Zombie movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, and that's the thing You know, like like I said, if they had Captain Picard say, fuck this, fuck that He doesn't even say fuck at all Then I would have issues They did it right in that show, but In this one, yeah, I noticed that I was like, what, is Rob Zombie right this? Because <laughs> I, I recently Watched Three from Hell, you know the, the third film in this That House of the Thousand Corpses trilogy mm-hmm. And all that, and Jesus Christ like, I cuss a lot. You, everyone knows that. But there are times when I tone it down, like with my fiance or whatever. But I'll say this motherfucking A, and, and this is hypocritical, but it was like motherfucker this and fuck you and cunt and all kinds of stuff, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. It was just like, it was very, very interesting. And one, one of the characters I did, I did want to talk about that I introduced in this season was uh, Saint Germain. Okay. Okay, now St. Germain is a character from Curse of Darkness. And he was a time traveler. He was an aristocrat that you traveled through time and saw in an alternate timeline where Hector was used as a vessel for Dracula. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's trying to help Hector in Curse of Darkness. And for some of you who haven't played Curse of Darkness, that are like, because apparently there's a lot of people who. Watch a Netflix show and never play Curse of Darkness because we. I had so many people ask for like, oh man, I wonder. I hate that what happened to Saint Germain. I I, I would love to. I would have loved to know more about him. I'm like, play Castlevania game. Same advice I would give to the writers of the show because they clearly, they they clearly said when they made this episode when they made this season, they were kind of just going off their own thing. So, but anyway, <laughs> not trying to sound like an elitist here, but I'm just like, go go play the source. But uh but no, uh, St Germain, you know, in this show he he was he was cool. I mean, he was he was a, a like almost like a gypsy kind of, you know, magician, alchemy kind of guy that, you know, he, maybe he did a lot of stuff in the city and came back to this like little town to make a little bit of money and stumble upon like what this town's doing. And I'll tell you this. This is what I was thinking that the town was going to be like, okay? Because I knew the monks were trying to resurrect Dracula. I knew that was going on. Uh but I thought the judge, like the guy who ran the the village, I thought he was going to be almost like Zeke the preacher from Curse of Darkness where he would have been actually death. And that yeah. would have been and that would have been like the plot where you're like oh shit, it's death. Like they have to battle you know, the right hand man of Dracula, and you find out that it's death in cahoots with the monks to resurrect Dracula. I'm like, that is classic Castlevania. But no, he was just a little kid killer. That's all he did. He just got little kids to run to a fucking uh, apple tree and fall in a pit and die. All yeah, it why didn't
1: they use death? I forgot all about him. Why didn't they use death? Death yeah. is a big part. They could have added a little bit more. Not saying, look, I, I get the, the Castlevania's. Lore heavy And the stories are interesting to a degree But they're not super super deep But they could have added depth to death Like the way you said Yeah Look you're not an elitist Because here's the thing I don't mind adaptations As long as they have the spirit And that's what made season 1 and 2 so good that's Yeah, why I finished them But The problem is Is that When you lose that spirit that's the problem, and it, it's let me go into this. I know I'm gonna get shit for this, but you agree with me that's why I hate Marvel movies, most of them because yeah. those characters are not the characters I read in the comics I'm not I, I know some people are like who oh, you can't be exactly like the comic. You didn't carry over the spirit. In the early Marvel films like Iron Man, that's what made Iron Man 1 good. That was Tony Stark. But then they turned them all... All the characters are the same character. They just fucking throw one-liners. Yeah. Even Captain America, they turned him into, like, don't cuss, guys. (laughs) You know, and just... Throwing out one liners and they, they killed the spirit and then the villains are just plot devices and those villains are not plot devices and that's what I felt like with this Castlevania like that Camilla was a plot device exactly yeah. that's all she was she wasn't a true villain and when you have a TV series a movie sometimes a villain works as a plot device or in a short story or even a short novel or something. But when you have a long series, there's no fucking excuse, even if the episodes are half hour, to have them as a mere plot device. That's all Camilla was.
0: Yeah. Just but, a plot device. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, they could have done so much more. And, and what they did with Hector, like Hector pretty much becomes a slave to the, the vampire sisters. Like, we didn't see that coming, you know, like the way it was. and And, and I'm thinking, you know, with the next season, maybe we'll maybe this is what happens to Hector that turns him towards the Hector we saw in the Curse of Darkness games, even though it's a different story, which I'm okay with if it's a different story. You know, because like we said, we're, we're fine with adaptations, but um, I, there was just, like I said, there was just nothing that really concrete to happen in this season. Like, I did not leave this season being like, okay, I'm ready for season four. I was just kind of like... I want my hours back that I was watching this show now, but before before we get into some more because po- I I know you mentioned we wanted to talk about some Castlevania games to kind of make this look more of a positive show. I do want to talk about the most the most biggest controversy of season three, and that is episode eight with Alucard, and uh, you know Alucard he befriends these these uh, two. Uh, Japanese folks, this this girl and this guy, they they find them at the castle. They're like, oh my, wow, you're Alucard, you're anti Dracula. He's like, oh, I'm just Alucard, and they're like, you're his son. And you know, they talk about uh, this vampire that was at their at their hold or whatever. That was like pretty much they were her slaves, and they she disappeared. Well, she actually got killed in in season two, but they didn't know that. But they figured that she might have been dead, or she might, or even if she never came back, mm-hmm. that another Vampire would take over their hold and it become slaves again. So they wanted to get trained by Alucard to defeat vampires. I saw that and I'm like, fuck yes. This is how the agency started. Now what I'm talking about is the agency is from uh, Ari of Sorrow. And that was the government agency led by Alucard, who changes his name to Aricado, And it's a secret society agency with the Belantes uh, clan and Julius Belmont that there's almost like a supernatural government squad that's like trying to stop certain supernatural phenomena from happening. And I was like, okay, this is how it all started. This is how they started training people in case the Belmonts weren't around. No, that's not what happens. Instead, we get a Game of Thrones-style animated threesome with Alucard weeping as he's getting penetrated. <laughs> oh,
1: God. Yeah. yeah. I didn't – see, I didn't – let me let me say this. I told you this before we recorded. I didn't finish it because I got bored. Then you told me. I'm kind of glad I didn't finish it <coughs> because it's like what it, – it, it seemed – look, I was a fan of Game of Thrones. But even at times, I'm like, do we really need some of these sex scenes yeah some of them there were ones that made sense, but then there were ones that were like like the infamous sex position, yeah, where the one of the little finger tells about his past, and there's two lesbians going at it, I mean, and he was fully dressed, and they were butt naked f- having sex, and it's like really,, well, it's, you know it's just one of those things where and, and, and let me ask you: Was there a lot of excessive sex in this season? It was
0: towards the end. Uh, they, did, I mean, they had like okay. They had if I can count on my hands, uh, they had one scene where Trevor, when they finally got to the town, Trevor drinks that uh, mug of beer. and He said, mm-hmm. "Oh, this is better than sex." And Cipher gets pissed off, as if like the the hell is that they were having sex? As if we couldn't put two and two together, right? You know, but they had to add some like little crude humor in there. So there was that. There was also, you know, Lenore and Hector had a sex scene before he became the slave with the uh the, the slave ring because they, she pretty much puts a ring on him, tricks him into putting the ring, be like I'm forever yours. But when she when he puts the ring on, she becomes his slave. So now she can control all the uh, night creatures that he makes because they're one. And then she gives the other vampire sisters sets of rings so they all control hector now oh shit so now you know because devil forge masters they can only uh the night creatures will only listen to the the forge masters who made them so now they can have complete control of devil forge masters or or night creatures but and of course of course it was that alucard scene i was talking about that I was just like and then and then I was like watching like uh like some YouTube because I, I want to watch, I wanted to see some other people's reviews and see some other people's like critiques and stuff, and I watched this guy that was doing a review of season three, and he was talking about how like Alucard, you know he ends up killing the two people um that were doing that to him. They ended up killing him uh because they he, he was about to die, so he actually took a sword and made it into alchemy like a uh, ice sword and slipped both their throats and then he impales them in front of the castle kind of like, he was like, this is it. This is, I'm no longer being around humans. This is it. He like, he goes in and he's like, what, what a nice entrance. Don't you think father like to his, to his self and they're impaled. And it, like the guy was like talking about in the show and he was like, "Is Alucard going to be the new bad guy in season four. And I'm like, what? Yeah.
1: Alucard is not a bad guy.
0: No. Not at all. I mean, that's the whole... I was like, really? I was like, is this going to be a, a fan theory? Like Alucard's going to be the new antagonist of the Castlevania show?
1: Let me ask you a question, too. You think they use too much Alucard. Let me ask you. The, this is why I'm asking you this, Xander. In the games, you see Alucard in Dracula 3, right? Mm-hmm. Then you don't see him until a, a Symphony of the Night. Then you don't see him until the Aria of, this, Aria of Sorrow games. Yeah. Now, I don't know about the 3D ones. Does he show up in those 3D ones like Curse of Darkness? Nope. Okay. But you kind of see my point.
0: Yeah. He should have stayed in the castle. He should have went into a slumber. And his whole season should have had no Alucard in it, in my opinion. Because there was no Alucard in Curse of Darkness. I mean, Trevor... Even in the game, Trevor, you know, kind of talks about Alucard because he talks about, you know, you know, I defeat, I was the first Belmont who killed Dracula without the help of, you know, some friends, and he talks about Cipher and Grant Denasty, who has never been on the show. He talks about Grant Denasty and uh, Alucard. So I mean, it could have been there, but I feel like that whole Alucard stuff that was in the show, I feel like it was just like fan pandering. And I feel yeah. like that whole scene was like almost like a, a a fan fiction dream come true. Like the weird shit that you see in like a Castlevania group that someone's like, look what I drew. I p- drew a picture of Soma Cruz and Alucard holding hands. Like that's what it felt like. <laughs> it felt like some they were weird shipping. like. Yeah. They were
1: officially shipping. They, yeah. they, they officially shipped, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was just really, really crazy.
1: It's just like uh, that Star Wars fan fiction called the uh, Rise of Sky. Well, I mean, the movie. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have to go there. But, but anyway.
0: But but yeah, I mean, um, I I would say if I gave this review a, if I gave this uh, season a score, I'd give it like a a three out of
1: ten. I give it lower because I did not even finish it. That's how bad it is. One out of ten.
0: Yeah, because I mean, the only thing that there was a really cool fight scene, like at the end when uh, Trevor and Cipher are battling a uh, a big like Bahamut monster, and they do make Legion makes an appearance in the uh, show as well, where it's just like uh, there's like this wizard that's like controlling people's minds, and he's just got he's up in his uh, fortress because Isaac is uh, invading with with uh, night creatures. And he's just taking all these people that were building and he was like balling them all, all up together, like as, as Legion, and they're like going up towards the tower. That was really cool. But I mean, yeah. like, other than that, though, I mean, I just, I don't know. Like, I feel like even people that really enjoyed the series that, that we know are probably not going to finish it. I well, don't blame them.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't. I know I shouldn't have for the, I, I just couldn't. It was just so slow. And look, I'm a guy who likes slow build. For fuck's sake, I'm reading the scam. But let me explain something about slowness. I don't mind slow stuff, but I think slowness should be interesting if that makes sense. Yeah. This felt like a lot of out of character shipping and out of character characters that weren't acting like they should. Like in the stand, I'll, I I know it's a book, it's a, and it, it a lot of people complain about the middle section, but I like how he did Stephen King did the middle section. It's a lot of it's a slow book and it's a slow burn to a degree, but he does it subtly, and the payoffs whenever there's a payoff it's it's fucking it makes sense it's yeah. rewarding it, it, it there was to me it felt like no payoff. you said the fight scene at the end was cool. do you think that was a good payoff or no no, it wasn't, even though the fight scene was. Okay, so it's kinda like when you talked about Rise of Skywalker. It's good by itself, but not good as a trilogy, right? Is that Yeah.
0: I mean I I mean, honestly, like if this wasn't a Castlevania show, if it was like Vampire World or something like that, then it would have been cool. I'm like okay, cool. But the problem is is it's not Vampire World, it's Castlevania. And it had two right. other seasons previously. Right. So I mean I, I, like I said, I don't know what season four is going to do, what, what they're going to plan with that. Uh, I'm still going to check out season four. I may not finish it, but I'm going to at least try to check it out. But season three yeah. was was a no go for me.
1: Yeah, I agree. I didn't even finish it, dude.
0: Now, uh, but I guess I guess before we get because we actually went through a whole time limit for the review um before before in the show let's talk a little bit about castlevania because you did ask the uh the group page you asked them a question
1: yeah 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 you want to read some of those answers
0: yeah let me uh pull it up on my phone real quick but you're pretty much you pretty much asked them what was their their favorite castlevania
1: now of course everyone i started with mine everyone Everyone knows what mine is, and that's Portrait of Ruin. I adore that fucking game. I Such think a it's good kind game. of underrated. I beat it last year, and it's so fucking good. I mean, it's so inventive with the paintings and all that.
0: Yeah. Okay. And, so, and I love, and I love the, I love the storyline of Portrait of Ruin because it's pretty much a sequel to Bloodlines and Bloodlines in the Castlevania lore. That's a huge deal because that's the first time in the, in the lore that we had someone who wasn't a Belmont, you know, go against Dracula.
1: Oh, yeah. So, do you want to read? Yeah.
0: Yeah, um, Matthew, uh, he says Castlevania 1987. Um, Let's see. We got, and if I mispronounce these names, I'm really sorry. But I think this is like Alba hair. Albany. Yeah. He says, given the only, given the only the uh, classic era Symphony Night, I'll say Rondo of Blood. uh, John says Symphony of the Night. Matt, uh who's who's a frequent listener says for me personally, Castlevania 3: Dracula's Curse, Super Castlevania 4, Rondo of Blood, Portrait of Ruin and his number 1 is Aria of Sorrow and Dawn of Sorrow. Um you,
1: you, you know that's that's I, I would allow that because they're both direct sequels.
0: They are. Mm-hmm. And uh Jason says uh, Castlevania 4 Symphony of the Night. Uh Chris said Portrait of Ruin is one of my top favorites funny enough but mine would be uh Castlevania 4 and Ren says of Ruin Castlevania 3 79 and order of Ecclesia which is one you don't really hear a whole lot of order I of like Ecclesia. order
1: of Ecclesia
0: I I never beat it I still haven't beaten it
1: It's pretty cool and unfortunately it's the last garage. You know what's funny um Since we did the last Castlevania game, a certain game came out. Bloodstained. I never played it, and I kind of had reservations, because I heard the game's overly cryptic.
0: Mm, Yeah. Yeah, it can be, but I mean, like, for me, in the the day and age that we live in, you know, games are like, it's not so cryptic that you don't know where you're going to go at all, but if you ever get stuck, I mean, you can always look up a walkthrough. Like, it's kind of funny when people are like, oh, it's too cryptic. I'm like, you're Saying You're telling me this on the cell phone that you could look up a walkthrough right now. <laughs>
1: Is it as cryptic as, say, Symphony of the Night? Because that was cryptic to a degree, but not different.
0: Yeah, it's a little bit more cryptic than Symphony of the Night to some degree.
1: Now, did the Switch version get its fix? Because that's the version I want to get.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's gotten fixed. It's gotten a couple of updates. Uh, I haven't played it since. But from right here, they fixed some of the frame rate issues and the long load times. Uh, I didn't think it was, like, that broken when I played it on the Switch when it first came out.
1: I, I remember mean, everyone was fucking moaning about it.
0: Yeah, and I was like, I'm actually not having... I mean, I had a couple of issues, but I was, I was like, it was really not that bad, guys. You know, it's was just... it was crazy.
1: But you know what? I'll give it a go when it goes on sale.
0: There's another, uh, there's also another game that's coming out. I need to see the release date. Because it's kind of related to Castlevania. It's, uh, let's see, let's see. I'm trying to remember the name of the, the city. It's like the place in Transylvania, like, um, starts with a W. It's like Walcha, Walchilla, but it's called that, and it's like something about Dracula. It's pretty much like Castlevania meets Contra. Yeah. But the folks that made the game are the same folks who did a fan-made game called Castlevania Lacari Chronicles. They made Lacari Chronicles 1 and 2. And they were really good games. And Lacari Chronicles 2 actually had uh the voice actor from Alucard come back as Alucard. Like he, nice. actually, he actually made an appearance in it. But what's really cool about this new game that they're making is it got the blessing from Igarashi, and Igarashi has uh, the hero from Bloodstained: Ritual of the Night make an appearance as a skin that you can choose for your character in this game, which is really cool. You have like pretty much the the like pseudo—I wouldn't say he's the creator of Castlevania, but kind of like the godfather of Castlevania—give his blessings to a fan-made game that's. They're, like, it's all related to Castlevania, but it's not Castlevania at all, if that makes any sense.
1: That does make sense.
0: Yeah, it's really, really cool, though. But it's coming out for Switch, it's coming out for, like, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One and Steam. I just can't remember the, the name, and I can't remember the release date. I know our friend Justin was talking about it on our group page on yeah. Facebook.
1: You know, um, real quick, I'll close this out. I got the Castlevania collection that mm-hmm. was released last summer. And I hope they do another one with the Metrovania games. Same. Um, But, you know, this goes for Contra as well. uh, the Genesis only got one Councilvania and one Contra. But to me, they're both fantastically underrated. Yeah. Both of them. Bloodlines and... Do you like Hard Corps? I don't know if you like Hard Corps.
0: I like the Japanese version of Hard Corps. And you can play that
1: on the collection, too.
0: Yep. The Japanese version is a lot easier. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna front. It's a lot easier. That's why I like it a little bit more. <laughs> okay, but
1: but it's cool that you also get the Japanese version.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, speaking of Castlevania as well, uh, Castlevania Symphony of Night is now on uh, mobile. I was thinking of getting it. It's only two bucks, three bucks. I'm, I'm thinking about getting it. I'm just going to check to see that has uh, controller support. Bass okay. controller support that I could use my uh like I can use my eight bit dough controller kind of like what I did with Castlevania uh, Gwimwar of Souls, which was the 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 latest Castlevania game that Konami put out. That's a mobile game that's actually not too bad. Yeah, you said that. I did a video of that, and um, I, I haven't played it in a while. They've done a lot, a lot more updates to it. But uh, everyone's like, "Oh, you got to use touchscreen controls." I'm like, "No, nah, dude, just hook up a Bluetooth controller. You're good to go."
1: Also. So, with the Grimoire and, uh, and the TV series... The TV show, despite how we feel, it's super popular. It's probably going yeah. to get a fourth season. Yeah. Um, That should be a sign. And I'm not a Konami hater. They're, they're just kind of weird these days. Yeah. I mean, they do re-release their games, which is good. They should at least do a new Castlevania game. Yeah. In some capacity, and see, and see, I'm I'm in the
0: camp that like I would love more than anything. I would love to see a new Castlevania, but at the same time, like there's so many great games out there that have that Castlevania spirit that are that aren't necessarily Castlevania that I'm perfectly okay with. Yeah, like, you know, like Bloodstained Ritual Tonight or you know, uh, there's so many Metroidvanias. I'm trying to think of like the various games that. They've came out with like this is like Castlevania but it's not sort of thing, you know. There's so many yeah. games like that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, we'll see what happens, but you you know, we're probably not done talking about Castlevania.
0: Oh, I don't think we're ever done talking about Castlevania. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's it's funny it's because like I was when I was talking to my coworker when we were talking about season 3 and he had never he, he he doesn't really know anything about the Castlevania lore. And when I was, like, spilling it on him, he was just like, oh, what, what, huh, what? And I was like, yeah, and this doesn't make sense because of blah, 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 blah.
1: <laughs> Season 3 is the worst thing to happen to Castlevania since Simon's Quest.
0: And yeah, then... and, and you know what? <laughs> Season 3 actually made me uh, appreciate Lords of Shadow even more.
1: I like Lords. We should... Well next time we really need to talk more about that game. I was thinking of getting PlayStation now cuz it's on there cuz I want to replay Sh- Lords of Shadow.
0: Hey, hey did you ever play Mirrors of Fate? No. Okay cuz Mirrors of Fate was a really good one too and you can get that you can get that on PS4 now.
1: Oh, okay cool, cool, cool. Sounds good. Well, shall we call it?
0: Yep, yeah, yeah and and guys if uh you're listening to us and you have uh you know a comment you want to make about Castlevania Season 3 be sure to leave a comment right here on the on the channel. We'd love to hear from you guys, and uh, yeah, let's let's hope that season four makes us dry our bloody tears for sure. Damn. <laughs> anyway, guys, as always thanks for listening, and we'll be blasting off to the next episode.